Welcome to Digital Ruminations. I'm Jim Kunkel, host of the Digital Revolution podcast. In this bonus content, I want to cover the predictive type of machine learning known as supervised learning. Before I cover today's bonus content topic, let me first explain what machine learning is. Machine learning is a subfield of artificial intelligence that uses algorithms trained on data sets to create models that enable machines to perform tasks that would otherwise be possible for humans, such as categorizing images, analyzing data, or predicting price fluctuations. Machine learning algorithms can learn from data without being explicitly programmed and can improve their performance over time by adapting to new data or feedback. There are different types of machine learning, depending on the nature of the data, the task, and the feedback available. Some of the main types are supervised learning, unsupervised learning, and reinforcement learning. Machine learning models can be implemented using various mathematical and computational tools such as statistics, optimization, linear algebra, calculus, probability logic, and programming languages. One of the most popular and powerful tools for machine learning is neural networks, which are a class of machine learning models that are inspired by the structure and function of biological neurons. Neural networks consist of layers of interconnected nodes that process and transmit information. Examples of neural networks include convolutional neural networks, recurrent neural networks, and generative adversarial networks. Machine learning has many applications in various domains, such as natural language processing, computer vision, speech recognition, robotics, healthcare, finance, education, and entertainment. Machine learning can also be used for creative purposes, such as generating poems, stories, code, essays, songs, and more using words and knowledge. Now on to supervised learning, which is a type of machine learning that uses labeled data sets to train algorithms to make predictions or classifications based on new data. Examples of supervised learning include regression, classification, and ensemble methods. Let's break down the methods of regression, classification, and ensemble. Regression is a type of supervised learning that uses label data sets to train algorithms to predict a continuous numerical output based on input features. For example, a regression algorithm could be used to predict the price of a house based on its size, location, and other features. Regression algorithms try to find the best fitting function that describes the relationship between the input and output variables. Some of the common types of regression are Linear regression, a type of regression that assumes a linear relationship between the input and output variables. It tries to find the optimal values of the coefficients that maximize the sum of the squared errors between the predicted and actual outputs. Logistic regression, a type of regression that is used for binary classification problems where the output variable can take only two values such as a zero or a one. It tries to find the optimal values of the coefficients that maximize the likelihood of the observed data. Polynomial regression. 
a type of regression that uses polynomial functions of higher degrees to model the relationship between the input and output variables. It can capture more complex and nonlinear patterns in the data, but it may also suffer from overfitting. Classification is another type of supervised learning that categorizes input data into predefined labels. It involves training a model on labeled examples to learn patterns between input features and output classes. In classification, the target variable is a categorical value. For example, classifying emails as spam or not. Some of the most common classification algorithms are logistic regression, a type of regression that is used for binary classification problems where the output variable can only take two values such as a zero or one. It tries to find the optimal values of the coefficients that maximize the likelihood of the observed data. K-nearest neighbors, or KNN, a type of instance-based learning that assigns a label to a new data point based on the labels of its K-closest neighbors in the training data. It does not learn any parameters, but rather stores the entire training data and uses a distance metric to find the similarity between data points. Support Vector Machines, or SVM, a type of linear model that tries to find the optimal hyperplane that separates the data points of different classes with the maximum margin. It can also use kernel functions to project the data into higher dimensional spaces and create nonlinear decision boundaries. Naive Bias, a type of probabilistic model that applies bias theorem to compute the posterior probability of a given class, the input features, it assumes that the features are conditionally independent given the class, which simplifies the computation but may not always hold it in reality. Decision trees, a type of hierarchical model that splits the data into subsets based on values of input features. It creates a tree-like structure where each node represents a feature. Each branch represents a decision role, and each leaf represents a class label. It can handle both numerical and categorical data, and can also capture nonlinear relationships. Ensemble is the last method of supervised learning, and it combines multiple models to improve the prediction performance. The idea is to use a diversity of strength of different models to reduce the bias and variance of the final prediction. Ensemble methods can be classified into three main categories, bagging, boosting, and stacking. So let's talk about bagging. Bagging stands for bootstrap aggregating. It involves creating multiple subsets of training data by sampling with replacement and training a model on each subset. The final prediction is obtained by averaging for regression or voting for classification, the prediction of each individual models. An example of bagging is random forest, which uses decision trees as the base models and introduces randomness in the feature selection and data sampling. Boosting, boosting involves creating a sequence of models where each model tries to correct the errors of the previous one. The final prediction is obtained by weighing the predictions of the individual models according to their accuracy. 
boosting can increase the complexity and reduce the bias of the ensemble, but it may also be prone to overfitting. An example of boosting is Adaboost, which uses weak learners, such as decision stumps, as the base models and adjusts the weights of the training data according to the errors of the previous model. And stacking. Stacking involves creating a two-level hierarchy of models, where the first level consists of multiple base models trained on the original data, and the second level consists of a meta-model trained in the predictions of the base models. The final prediction is obtained by applying the meta-model to the predictions of the base models. Stacking can combine the strengths of different types of models and learn how to best combine them. An example of stacking is stack generalization, which uses cross-validation to generate the predictions of the base models and trains the meta-model on the entire data set. Now that you learned about supervised learning, which is a subset of machine learning, I'd like to take time to answer a question that came into the digital revolution. Question is from Lillian Y, and it's related to the topic of chat GPT and the ethical use of this amazing artificial intelligence resource. Lillian asks, is it ethical to use chat GPT? Well, Lillian, chat GPT is powerful and it's a versatile tool that can generate natural language responses to various inputs. However, like any other technology, it also poses some ethical challenges and risk that users should be aware of and address responsibly. Some of the main ethical issues of using ChatGPT are bias and accuracy. ChatGPT was trained on a large amount of data from the internet, which may contain biases, inaccuracies, or false information. Therefore, the outputs of ChatGPT may reflect these bias or errors, and users should not blindly trust or rely on those answers. Users should always verify the information provided from ChatGPT against credible sources and use critical thinking skills to evaluate its quality and relevancy. Privacy and security. ChatGPT stores the conversations of its users for the purpose of improving its models. This means that any personal or sensitive information that users input into ChatGPT may be exposed to other users or third parties. Users should be careful about what they share with ChatGPT and avoid discussing any confidential or private information. Users should also be aware of the potential for malicious actors to use ChatGPT to impersonate, deceive, or manipulate others and take precautions to protect themselves and their data. Plagiarism and Cheating ChatGPT can generate original and creative content such as poems, stories, code, essays, songs, and so much more. However, this does not mean that the users can claim that this content is their own or use it for academic or professional purposes without proper attribution. Using ChatGPT to plagiarize or cheat is unethical and dishonest and may have serious consequences. Users should always acknowledge that their use of ChatGPT and cited as a source when appropriate. Human interaction and social impact. ChatGPT can simulate human-like conversations and interactions, but it's not a human and cannot replace human communication or relationships. Users should not confuse ChatGPT 
with a real person or develop an emotional attachment to it. Users should also consider the potential impact of ChatGPT on human society and culture, such as its effect on language, creativity, education, employment, and importantly, ethics. To make it simple when it comes to the ethical use of ChatGPT, just use it in a responsible and ethical manner and let your conscience guide you. If you found value in this bonus content, please leave a review and share it with others who need to listen to this information. If you're not a subscriber or following the Digital Revolution with Jim Kunkel podcast, please make it so. Also, please check out the Digital Revolution channel on YouTube. You'll find the channel link in the description of this bonus release. This is Jim Kunkel. Have a great day, and I greatly appreciate your support of this podcast and my content.